In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today in the scripture reading, we read about the story of the paralytic man who was brought into the house where Jesus was, uh, even though the house was overflowing with people, and they were very creative, and they decided to bring him up to the roof and to lower him down from the roof so that Christ uh, could see him and that Christ would heal him. And this, as in many stories that we read in the scripture, about how Christ called out a single person from a crowd of people and he gave them what appears to be very special treatment. And here, even though this house was completely full and packed with people, we read only that Christ did this miracle with this one individual, this one person who was brought down from the roof so that he could be healed. And he is the only one we read about that Christ healed. Um, and so we can ask the question is, why was this person so special that we'd be healed? And in all the other stories, and we're going to look at a few, that Christ healed or, or, or did some miracle or something happened with one individual, why is it that this specific individual was the one that Christ called out of the crowd? And we ask ourselves, and we, we sometimes feel like we ourselves are lost in the crowd, that we ourselves are just one person out of billions of people. And how is it that God would see me and pay attention to me and care about me? But we see actually that this is the way that Christ works. Is he looks for very certain characteristics in a person to see if they are worthy. And he calls them, even though many are seeking him, but he calls only certain ones. So what are some of the reasons that Christ gave these people from the crowd special attention? The first is that they show great love. We see here actually in the story of the four friends, these four friends, they could have taken the man and they got gone to the house and says, you know, it's actually so crowded here today. Maybe we should just come tomorrow. Maybe we just find him wherever he is tomorrow. We'll talk to the disciples. We'll tell them, hey, where is Christ going to be tomorrow? And just let us know when he's available. And then we will come and bring our friend so that he can be healed. But this is not what they did. Not only did they inconvenience themselves enough to bring uh, this friend of theirs to the house and carrying him on his bed, but, but they did not turn away when they saw that it was very difficult for them to see Christ. They actually went up on the roof. They lowered him down from the roof so that Christ could, hear him, uh, could heal him. We read this in verse 4. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. They showed great love for their friend. And Christ, seeing this love and seeing this faith that they had, he healed this man, not only the, the physical healing that he was looking for, but he healed him in a spiritual way when he said, your sins are forgiven. So why did Christ kind of give special attention? He saw the great love that these four friends had for their paralytic friend, and he healed them. Another reason why Christ might give special attention to certain people even in the midst of a crowd is because of their extreme need. We read about this, about the widow whose son had died when he was uh, being carried away in his coffin during the funeral. Read this in Luke chapter 7. It says, And a large crowd from the city was with her. This is the widow uh, whose son had died. When the Lord, the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the, the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. This woman, who was a widow, already did not have a husband, and she had no support. She had no way of, of living, and, and the only thing that she had was her son. And Christ, seeing this extreme situation where this woman, who had lost everything and was in such extreme need, he went up to her 
and he performed this miracle for her for her sake because she had this uh, extreme need. Christ had compassion on her. So we see even in our own life when we are very, very much in need that Christ would come and he, even though we are one in millions and billions, that he would look at our situation. That he looks at, you know, what is it that we actually need? We don't, we don't say, you know what, Christ is just leaving me and abandoning me. No, actually he is very tender and he's very gentle and he comes to us in the times of our greatest need and he says, what? No, I will, I will act. If there is nothing that will serve you and no one that will help you, I will be the one to come and to serve you and I will be the one to help you. Also, we see that Christ paid special attention to those who had great faith. In the story of another widow who touched his garment in the midst of a crowd who was sick. She was sick and she, she said, it says, When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And at the time, this was a very strange thing. When Christ said, Who is it who touched me? And the apostles were all around and they said, what do you mean, who is it who touched you? Don't you see that you are surrounded by, by a very large number of people? What are you talking about? Who is it who touched you? Everyone is touching you, right? And even though everyone touched him, and yet this widow, she touched him in, in a different way. She touched him in a way that represented the faith that she had, that if she touches even the hem of his garment, that she would be healed of her infirmity. And sure enough, when she touched him, he felt that this has happened. He felt her faith. He felt that she had this strong faith to be healed and that she was healed and that power came out of him to heal her. Also, we read about this great faith about the healing of the centurion's servant. It says in Luke chapter 7, When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith not even in Israel. This is for the, the centurion who came to Christ and said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. After Christ offered himself to come to him, he said, no, you don't even need to come to my house. I am not worthy that you come to my house to heal my servant. Just say the word even now and my servant will be healed. And this is really amazing. Imagine if, if we were with Christ and Christ said, I'm going to come to your house to heal your servant, to give you what it is that you want. And our response would be, I am not even worthy, Christ, for you to come to my house. Just speak a word from here and everything will be right. Just speak a word and everything will be right. And Christ marveled at his faith. And he says, I have not found even such faith in Israel. There is not even among the Jewish people that have this kind of faith. Because this man was a Gentile. And so even though it was in a crowd of people, even though there was a crowd of people there, and yet this man demonstrated enough faith that Christ paid him attention and paid him heed. So when we are, are in a crowd, it is not that Christ doesn't see us. The question is, is do, are we like the crowd? Do we have the same faith as the crowd? Do we have the same need as the crowd? Do we have the same love as the crowd? Do we have, are we just like everyone else? Or do we have something different? When we come and call to Christ to give us what it is that we need, do we call to him with this great need? Do we call to him with this great love? Do we call to him with this great faith that we are asking God? And he says, you know, I know that you can do this. I know for sure that you can serve me. You can help me. You can do what it is that I need. And here these people demonstrated this great faith that they had, which is why even though they were surrounded by a throng of people, so many people, and yet these individuals are the ones that we hear about that Christ uh, performed miracles with. Another characteristic of the people that Christ paid special attention 
in the crowd are those who were not afraid of ridicule. We read this about Zacchaeus. It says in Luke chapter 19, And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, and he was going to pass by that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. This man, Zacchaeus, he was a well-known person. He was the chief tax collector. Everyone knew who he was. And the idea that he would climb a tree like a child just because he wanted to see Christ and because he was very short and so he could not see Christ otherwise, again, demonstrated that he, he really like, like was not afraid of people mocking him. He was not afraid of what people might say about him because he climbed a tree so that he could see Christ or that he would like bring, to bring notice to his height and that he was a short man. And because of this, when, when Christ saw this in Zacchaeus, he said, "What well, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Zacchaeus didn't even ask for this. Zacchaeus did not ask him to stay at his house. Zacchaeus did not call to him. That wasn't even his intention. He just wanted to see him. He just wanted to see him, but he was willing to what, be ridiculed to see him. He was willing to be ridiculed to see Christ. And this, again, sometimes we are in positions where if we hold strong and fast to our faith in the midst of people who are maybe unbelievers or to a godless society that we live in, then maybe we ourselves will be ridiculed. Maybe we ourselves will be mocked. And here is a case as an example for us as a person who didn't care if he was mocked or ridiculed or what it is that happened to him. He just wanted to see Christ. And, and, and even though he didn't realize what was about to happen, but what happened is, is that Christ came and he dined with him in his house. And then this man, he repented and salvation came to him and to his household and that he returned back fourfold of everything he had ever stolen from anyone. All of those things happened to him because he, what, he wasn't afraid of being mocked. Right? He, was, he, was, he, was, he was so uh, confident in his faith and his desire to see Christ that he was willing even to subject himself to mockery so that he would see him. Again, we ask ourselves this question, am I willing to be mocked? Am I willing to suffer? Am I willing for people to look at me and to think that I'm strange because of my practices, because of my beliefs? Or am I only just thinking about, I want to blend in. I want to be like everyone else. I don't want anyone to look at me in a strange way. Right Here it was very clear that Zacchaeus didn't care about this. Even though he was a well-known person, he didn't care about standing out and being different from anyone else. Another characteristic of the people that Christ calls out from the crowd are those who are very patient. We read about this, about the sick woman in the synagogue in Luke chapter 13. It says about her, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Even though this woman was very sick, it says she was sick for 18 years. And yet, despite this illness, despite this sickness that she had, she was still in the synagogue. She was still coming to the synagogue. She still had her faith. She was still worshiping God despite her illness. And I'm sure in her mind, she was asking God to heal her for a long, long, long time. And maybe it had never happened. For this period of 18 years, it had never happened. And yet she never gave up on God. 
She never said, I'm not going to go anymore to the synagogue. I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm going to stop this because God has left me, because God has abandoned me, because God has not given me what I've been asking him for. So I'm not going to pray anymore and I'm not going to worship anymore. And we know, you know, maybe also for us and for people that we know that have gone through severe uh, and, and, and very painful experiences, that it's always a temptation for us after having not received from God what it is that we are asking to maybe give up and to say, you know, God, I've asked him for, for a long time and he hasn't given me what I've been asking for and so I'm going to give up. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm not going to come to church anymore. I'm not going to do any of this anymore because God has abandoned me, because God has left me. And yet this woman in her faith, she continued to attend the synagogue for such a long period of time and then finally on this day, Christ came and when he saw her bent over and afflicted, he said to her that she would arise. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And she stood up and she glorified God. So it's very important for us. Again, why her? Why her out of everyone that there was in the synagogue? It's because she waited. She waited for him and she waited in for God's timing in faith to the very end. Another characteristic of those people that are called out from the crowd are those that are persistent despite disappointment. We read about the story about the demon-possessed boy whose father is struggling with his faith. It's in Mark chapter 9. It says, Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. When Jesus saw the people came together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. So this is a father whose son has this demonic spirit. And when he took him to the disciples, the disciples were not able to cast out the demon. And yet despite this, he still continued to believe that Christ could. And he said, what? I'm going to take him to Christ. And, and, and he says, um, he, Christ rebuked the unclean spirit and said, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you come out of him and enter him no more. This man did not lose hope despite the disappointments that he experienced. Sometimes we have very high expectations and very high hopes for God to work in a certain way in our life. And perhaps those don't pan out. Perhaps those don't work out. Perhaps the person I wanted to marry or the job I wanted to have or the place I wanted to live or whatever situation that I was having high expectations for did not happen the way that I wanted it to happen. So what is our response to this? This man continued to believe that Christ could heal his son. And he, 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 he stayed there in the crowd and he went to Christ and he told Christ what happened and Christ demonstrated to him how he could uh, free his son, his, the deafness and the dumbness of, of, of his son, his, this demonic spirit that he would cast it out. So God sometimes allows us to go through disappointments and he wants us to see if we continue to have faith in him despite the disappointments that we experience. We don't know why God, do, God does things in the way that he does. We don't know why he takes the time that he takes. We don't know why things take as long as they do. We don't understand these things, but we understand that God is good. And God wants us to believe and have faith that he is good and to wait for him. That even though we might experience uh, a disappointment or several disappointments, that in the end it is not because God is incapable, 
because God wants to test us and to see if our faith is genuine and true and that if we remain faithful, maybe in the end God is going to give us the thing that we're asking for. This man's son, he was healed when he continued to believe even though originally he had disappointment that the disciples could not cast out the demon from his son. The last characteristic of why is it that Christ uh, healed or, or performed certain miracles with individuals from a crowd, what is it that made them special and different? It's also their boldness. We read about a blind man whose name was Bartimaeus. It says, Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And in the end, Christ healed him from his blindness. So this man, he was so much in need that he was sitting on the road begging and just crying out, not even being able to see, just having faith and believing that Christ could hear him. And you're crying out and saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So much to the point where all of the crowd and all the people around him said, just be quiet. Just stop, stop calling out to him, right? They didn't, they didn't want to hear him anymore. And yet, despite this, despite the rebukes that he received from the people, he did not stop. And he kept asking and asking and asking until finally, in the end, Christ heard his cry and he came to him. So this man, he was very bold. Even though everyone around him was telling him to be silent, he said, I'm not going to listen to man. I'm not going to listen to these people. I believe that Christ can heal me, and so I'm going to keep asking. And so again, for us, sometimes we are very quick to stop asking. Sometimes we are very quick to lose hope and to lose faith. If we go again to the, to, the, to the story from the scripture today, the moment that those people came to uh, the house where Christ was and they saw how crowded it was, they could have very easily made any excuse. They said, you know what, we tried our best. You know, we came all the way over here. There's no way for us to do it today. We'll find another time to do it. And that's it. They're just going to give up, right? And yet they were very, very faithful and, and creative in trying to find a way to see Christ. And this says something about what Christ is calling us for, right? He is, he is ready there to heal. He is ready there to give. He is ready there to offer what it is that he can offer. But he wants us to have faith enough to come to him and to be so faithful and so um, bold and to be so sure that Christ can give and can heal that we absolutely do not give up until we finally get to him. And that when we finally get to him, we have faith, we believe that he is going to give us something. He's going to give us what, what is best for us. He's going to give us something good. Not that I give up the moment that there's any obstacle in my way, right? If, if, if the obstacle is, you know, the difficulty with my schedule. Sometimes people say, I'm too busy with work and I'm too busy with my family and I'm too busy with so many things to come to church or to pray or to spend any time with God. Do we give up and say, you know what, that's just my situation. That's just how it is. I'm just too busy. Or do we say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make time because God is so important. I'm going to make time to be with him. I'm going to make time to spend time with him. It doesn't matter what the rest of my schedule is. It doesn't matter how crowded the house is. It doesn't matter how I'm just one person out of a multitude. I'm going to make time to be with God because I know that God will bless me. I know that God will give me what it is that I, I, I need and what I'm asking for. So today we read about a great number of examples where people are just one out of many people. 
And Christ called them out and gave them what it is that they needed, even though they were just one person out of many. And it was because they had some special characteristic. They had something special about them that Christ saw. So he called them out and gave them special treatment. The first one we said is showing great love. The four friends of the paralyzed man, they showed great love and great persistence because they found a way to bring this friend of theirs to Christ, even though the house was very crowded and they could have made any excuse to go the other way. The second is they could have extreme need. The widow whose son had just died and they were in the midst of the funeral, she, this is the only support that she had in her life was her son. And when Christ saw that this was the case, he had compassion on her and he raised her son from the dead. The third is great faith. Someone who has great faith, that even though they are one among the crowd, but if this person has such faith in Christ and they believe, like the centurion whose, whose servant was ill, and he said what? Um, he said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Even though you, you don't even have to come to my house, just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Christ said, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Do we have this kind of faith when we call on Christ, that Christ is going to take action? The fourth characteristic is that we are not afraid of ridicule. I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to practice my faith. It doesn't matter what people say about me, just like Zacchaeus. And in the end, Christ came and he dined with Zacchaeus in his house, and he gave him more than Zacchaeus had imagined or more than he had even asked. This is a characteristic of someone who Christ sees, even in the midst of a crowd. The fifth is patience. Maybe we ask Christ of what it is that we need, but he doesn't give it to us right away. Do we quickly give up or do we wait and wait and wait? Like the sick woman who was sick for 18 years and yet still in the synagogue until she met Christ and he healed her. The sixth characteristic is someone who is persistent even in the midst of disappointment. Like the man whose son could not be healed of his demonic spirit by the apostles, and yet he still remained faithful, and then Christ was able to heal his boy. Whenever we go through disappointment, or do we still persist on? Do we still have faith and believe, or do we give up? And finally, are we bold, like Bartimaeus, the blind man, who continued to call out to Christ even when he was rebuked, even when he was told, told that you should stop. In our society today, people are telling us that God does not exist. People are telling us that our faith is useless and that we are irrational for believing in God. Are we going to be bold and remain faithful in Christ and practice what we believe? Or are we going to cave in to the wrong messages of the world? So may God grant us to stand out in the crowd and to be different and to find a way to, to, to go to Christ and he could see our faith, he could see our love, and he could grant us the desires of our heart according to his will. And glory be to God forever. Amen.